Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Hallam. He came out in his robe last night drinking some Nathan shower water when the horror comedies were making that racket. He didn't review one thing. So what do you want to do first? I don't know. Hey, did I show you my new movies? No. Oh, yeah. Th- those are great. Oh, yeah. The, the patrons gave them to me for Christmas. <laughs> huh? Well, look. Uh, oh, those are beauties. You gonna review those or something? Yeah, I think so. Probably. Hey, wh- what time does the uh, Lord of the Rings marathon go on? I, th- I think it's on about a- 1 o'clock. You wanna go down to the deli or get some Bahama Mamas? <laughs> no, I, I think I'm gonna get, go get one of those uh, Behringer mixers and... Uh, you know, maybe install it. Drew, Drew, Drew! Drew, come here! What? What is it? Oh. It's my genre. Hey! One of the films came out of the cave. Look at that! Why don't you go over and say hi? Well, yeah, I mean, I I guess I could. This would be the perfect time. You go talk to him, then you can see what kind of movies he's into. Go! You could say hi to him, too. I mean, see what movie he's in. He's into. But he's your genre. Well, I mean, he's he's your genre as well. But you share a grab bag stick with him. <laughs> We're all in the same episode, so you could you could go, too. I mean. We're all on the same podcast, but you picked him. If you was going to go be on an episode, he'd come over to your place. Well, I mean, he's he's busy now. and uh... He's not busy. Now he's, now he's going in. Go now, because he's... He's going back in. If you were going to say hi, you probably should... He's going into the house. You're going to lose him. You're going to lose it. He's going in. Now you've blown it, haven't you? No, I, I didn't blow it. Chicken, chicken. He went into the house. I'm not I'm not a chicken because he went into the house. You look like a chicken in front of your listeners and everything. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We bring you a new movie genre every two weeks of a different kind with a movie attached to it. And today, fortnightly, fortnightly, two weeks. And today, I am the disgruntled neighbor who wears a toupee and lets his dog shit on your lawn. I'm Drew. (laughs) This is Brother Jack Klopek. Smells like they're cooking a goddamn cat over there. This is a uh, old rusty man, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and guys, today we are going to be reviewing a horror comedy pick that I absolutely treasure and adore, and it is 1989's The Burbs. Oh, The Burbs. Roll that beautiful bean footage. All Tom Hanks wanted was a quiet vacation at home. This is what I need, Carol. I, I need this. Welcome to Mayfield Place. A typical street in the burbs. Morning, Walter. 
where nothing much ever happened. Walter's dog just took a dump on Rumsfeld's lawn again. Until the Klopex moved in. Klopex? Klopex. Klopex. No one goes in, no one comes out. Neighbors from hell. It was a nice place to live. He said he thinks the Klopex are evil incarnate. Well, you're much too smart to fall for that, aren't you, honey? But now... Carol! You wouldn't want to visit there. Ray, this is Walter. No! The Burbs. I'm going over the fence, and I'm not coming back till I find a dead body. Ray, do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? We found Walter! We got a real problem. I hit the gas line, I'd run! God, I love this street. Tom Hanks. I think we are overreacting. No. The Burbs. It's one hell of a neighborhood. Hey, honey. I think we should move. Did it have to be Corey Feldman? Did it have to be? But he loves I the love street. This. He loves the street. I, I, it was still. It was still <laughs> the era that Corey Feldman was. Uh, he he was what? relevant. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was he was Gremlins, he was Goonies, he yes, was, you know, later was, in life, he was the, the Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. Andy, yeah. Goonie! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys! If, if it comes down to the fact where if, you know, Bruce Dern is yelling at anybody, shut up and paint your goddamn house! It's gonna be Corey Feldman. There go the goddamn brownies. <laughs> I also I love the scene when uh, Tom Hanks is sort of in his in his fugue state, and Mister Rogers is playing in the background. He's just sort of mouthing the the theme song, and I'm like, oh, old nineteen eighty nine Tom Hanks. You if you know. only knew that in thirty years you'd be playing that <laughs> son of a bitch. Him. Oh, it's so it's an interesting take because I always refer to the Burbs as if Rear Window was a comedy. And I think it fits so perfectly to the fact that it, that's exactly what it is. You're spying on the neighbor. You think they're doing something wrong and, you know, insanity ensues. You sneak into the house and it's it's just it's just so good. And I think the, I think the casting is done incredibly well. I mean, what you have you know, Princess Prin- fucking Leia, Princess fucking Woo! Leia, which is the second movie that she has been in with Tom Hanks. I, I, I think Bruce Dern as the. You know, as Rumsfeld, the as 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 uh, Tom Hanks' character calls him, the arms dealer who lives across the street. I, I just love the I love the the opening scene where he's up in the middle of the night smoking a cigarette and watching him through the darkness of the window as he tries to step over to the lawn. And that scene, and it makes me laugh every single time. There's two things that make me laugh, regardless of how many times I see this movie. It's when he steps onto the lawn and that ominous gust of wind blows, and then he sets back off and it stops. It's sort of like a cat going out in the snow for the first time. It's like you see the footsteps go out and then come right back in. Right. Nope. <laughs> the, the other one is when he goes up to the door and he knocks, and the 669 flips over and becomes 666 <laughs> every single time. It's so perfect. Well, and when he's when he's watching TV and he keeps changing the channel to like, and it gets to progressively worse and worse horror Texas movies. Chainsaw Massacre, too. Chainsaw Massacre, the the Exorcist, uh, the the one with human sacrifice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then, of course, that's gonna ensue like the crazy nightmares. Ray, I'm so glad you invited the neighbors over for a barbecue. 
<laughs> hey, 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 who ordered the blood shake? We got the doctor. Oh, okay. Henry Gibson is just great in this. And I mean, most people recognize him, or at least most people of an older generation are going to recognize him from laughing. Mm. But what's funny is that I watched an interview with him. His voice is not that high. His actually, his voice is pretty low. And for some reason, though, my brain, whenever I watch or like think of him talking, it is directly his voice from the burbs. That's how I hear him. He's like, oh, we have guests. He was he. He always plays some oddball characters. He played a uh, a fraudulent doctor in uh, an old uh, movie with Elliot Gould. It was uh, the Long Goodbye, which was an adaptation of uh, a Philip Marlowe book. Uh, and he played this fraudulent professor or doctor that was running this clinic and defrauding all the people. Like, oh, we'll get you the help you need. We're just going to need a check for four thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, that was last week. Now we need six thousand dollars. We'll get you the help you need right now. Uh, Nathan and I remember him from yes. our uh, wedding, wedding, crashers. Ep- wedding crashers episode for you, Jack. There you it was go. the priest. Bring uh, it in for the real thing, in, big guy. There you go. <laughs> Brother Ruben, played by uh, Theodore. Uh, he is such a classic character strange. actor. And strange last as hell. His last okay. film. Yeah, and it was his last film. But more importantly, I looked him up and I did not remember this. So he's the voice of Gollum in the Hobbit and Return of the King animated films. My precious. It is my precious. Hello, my precious. I'm not surprised. Is that crazy? I mean, just like to like listen to his grovelly voice to somehow be portrayed as splashes and precious, precious. It's just... I don't know. I would never have seen it come out of him at all. But more importantly, Rick Ducommon, come on, our man, our side character, our laughable. Uh, I've got two FBI agents here. Shut it down. (laughs) Shut it down now. (laughs) So do you think do you think they originally tried to cast like John Candy or something and they couldn't get him? So they went with Rick Ducommon or or just Rick Ducommon was the man for the job. I don't know. This is, is, I think, his biggest... Like his biggest starring yeah, role. Probably. I, I think it's funny though, because now we've had him be a helicopter like assistant, not there was puke everywhere. <laughs> and then he was like an electrical grid worker. And now, like, we don't really know what he does. He's got a exactly, bowling shirt. But when he cuts Well, okay, well He's afraid okay. of his wife. <laughs> He's afraid well, he doesn't want to go and spend time with his mother in law. But when he cuts the the phone power the power line, he has a shirt that says municipal power company. So I'm thinking, like, is he the same character? Ooh, what a from what a weird like world. Die Hard. <laughs> that was part of the same universe. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I maybe this is his week off. Though I do think that this is not necessarily their first pick. I think he does fine. Yeah, yeah did a good, great job. I did, think a, did great a great job. job. Yeah. Oh, Art's got a gun. Art's got a gun. The first thing we're introduced to him, just like sneaking up, and you're like, oh, he's in the bushes. No, he has the branch, like, like necklace around his neck, which or I thought maybe was like just a Rick hilarious. Moranis, like something that's like kind of that, like, ta 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 ta. Oh, yeah, art, sure, what's up? You know, how can I help? I, I could probably see like a John Candy style yeah. character going into the character of art. Maybe not Rick Moranis, he seems a bit too sheepish, you know, for, for this style of role. Yeah, plus I don't think Rick Reyes could could uh, pull off like 
just eating thousands of calories of food that is not him. And like he goes into the, the like he eats all the breakfast food and then he goes into the refrigerator and like grabs the out the like so, the ribs and is just spare ribs, which those are monster ribs too. And then another syrup and instead then a of Rick Moranis, Tom Arnold. Because that, that whole that whole bully, I, probably, I was okay. like, oh, where, yeah, that genre, yeah, you know, pre pre uh, pre cocaine <laughs> John no, Mar- uh, Tom Arnold. I can see I can, <laughs> yeah, he, his 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 high water moment was still True Lies. I don't think there's anything else that I really ever cared for Tom Arnold in. I watching the character of Art go through the fridge and like just talking to him, not even like not even missing a beat. Just continuously talking, talking about the Clopex, talking about, you know, what they're going to do on vacation, getting the food and sitting down. Watching him do this, it's an exact replica of, like, how my father acts when he goes over to somebody's house that he knows, or it's, like, a family member. Like, he'll walk in, he'll say, like, hey, how you doing? All right, let's, all right, let's go hang out. He doesn't go sit down in the living room and wait for their company. He goes straight for their fridge. All right. And then he'll open their fridge and he'll check out what they got to eat. And he's the kind of guy where like he's either over so often and he'll check the fridge so frequently. He'll open it and he'll look inside and he'll be I mean, he's the kind of guy to be like, well, that chicken casserole still half half full. What's what's wrong? Is everything OK? <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's so optimistic like, that he says check- half full. He goes, oh, this this casserole is half full. Let's uh <laughs> <laughs> this is a good thing. But he'll check everybody. He'll check everybody's like food Expired. stuff. Expired. To make sure that things Expired. are okay. Expired. <laughs> but I just love, I mean, like him pulling out like a, a set of ribs and, you know, being offered one plate and then a second plate of breakfast, but then pulling out the pineapple. You're just thinking like, what's, what's going to happen with the pineapple? Are we going to, are we, are we going to disembody the pineapple right here? Is that what you're going to do? I love him grabbing the dog food out of the bowl and then <laughs> Suddenly realizing yeah, after he's kind of cool it. because like Carol almost like appreciates that someone is going to eat it like that she's you know she's used to it yeah she's, she's not just opposing like, yeah, to it. have a seat like he's not going to eat it like go for it he's like, are you going to finish those eggs you know are you God, is that smiling am I art like am I the garbage <laughs> Yeah, but I, I I think at the same time, uh, Carrie Fisher is 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 sort of just okay with it because she's made all this food and then she's like. Are you even going to eat any of this food, Ray? No, I got the stomach thing again. And she's just like, <laughs> Did you see the size of the coffee pot that was in the kitchen? Like when she stood yeah, there? It was like a gallon of coffee. It was like a gallon of black coffee. And I'm like, who's drinking all of this? And if you know he has like an upset stomach, <laughs> why would you have a gallon of coffee? Maybe she, then, maybe she's always expecting Art to come over. Possibly the argument that uh, that uh, Carrie Fisher and Tom Hanks are having about you know he's just going to mope around and blah blah blah. They should go to the go to the lake house. I feel like that's Nathan. He's like, no, no, like I'll just sit here on my computer and like I I got Baldur's Gate three and like I got all these games to play. Like I'll really enjoy it. It'll be fine. And Brooks like, no, you're coming up to the lake house. Blah blah. blah. You got to bring the games because if you don't bring the games, no one brings the games. I'll, no, I'll I just want to stay here, play on my that? computer. Is that a good compromise? <laughs> oh, I was so sad looking at that barbecue when Art was like stalking through the backyard. You look at that thing and it's like scorched black. It's dirty. There's leaves and debris in it. And you're like, that has been sitting there for years unattended, which is a yeah, shame. I think fixing the barbecue in, in that case would just be showing up with the new Weber kettle grill. Right. It's like, oh, but. But had years before, and like Art and obviously you know coming over and and kind of working on it, and then all of a sudden going, ah, we got to get a new one. 
you know Art is just going to mainly, like, observe and make commentary, much like when they snuck into the Klopex backyard to dig all those holes. And he's like, you want, Art, you want to dig your own hole? Oh, well, I was just, I was just, you know, I mean, I was, I was checking the radio. But, and, uh, so this movie is a little <laughs> weird because Ray doesn't like really any of these people. He's not, like, fans, like, he's not best friends with anyone. And I would, I would almost even go to the point where he's not necessarily, like, good friends he's friends he's acquaintances with uh with art but he's not like hey art he's mostly using art as an excuse to come over and smoke a yeah, cigar and and rumsfeld he's just like yeah, you're fucking crazy right but right. sure this is this is kind of fun you know I, I think they're the kind of neighbors where like they only hang out if you know there's like a block party or if like they somehow meet each other like out in the front yard going and getting the mail or something like, even Walter doesn't say hi to anybody, you know what I mean? Ray waves to Walter down the way, and Walter completely ignores him after Queenie shit on Do the lawn. Do they give any real backstory for Ricky? Like, and his, like, why he has this big house, and... So his parents, his parents are on vacation. He's supposed or his to be parents doing are gone for chores, the weekend. like, oh, okay. paid to the fans and stuff. I was like, and I guess I he's supposed to be painting this? the house, like, wh- yeah. Why, is he supposed to be this musician? No, he's not. He's not like some college. No, he's not like some random college kid who has like a huge home. Which, by the way, is, is the Munsters' house. Yeah, and leave it to Beaver's yeah. house is in this. Like this is leave a- it to Beaver's house. It's the most famous street in cul-de-sac and like all of the Universal backlot. It's. It's. I mean, it, I don't know. It's. It's one of those. It's just one of those things where information is not necessarily given to a fullest extent on all of the characters, but you almost kind of just smile and nod as it goes along. Like, you don't know what Art does technically for a living. You don't know what Ray does for a living. You know that Ricky is at the house technically by himself with his friends coming over and he's supposed to be doing whatever. Rumsfeld, I think, is the only person that you could possibly assume is maybe retired from the military. Let me ask you this real quick. Had Tremors come out earlier... Would Rumsfeld's character have been played by Gummer? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. And I'm not sure. No. no. What what's crazy is that this was It's possible. I don't Anything's know. Anything's possible. It's it's I guess it could have been. Bad yeah. I mean, for, for nineteen eighty nine, this was the top build film in the box office. However, it got the worst reviews of the year. But it was successful. I mean, it, it gained $30 million in profit over its original budget. But it's interesting enough now that with the worst reviews, it's become like a cult classic. And I mean, I'm trying to think, why why would you not favor a film that's backed by like Joe Dante? I mean, even with the fact that now you've had, you know, Gremlins, they gave like a little special nod to Gremlins in the movie where they had the Gremlins cereal. cereal. Yeah. I don't know. I I just think it's... It's just one of those things where you have Joe Dante really having fun with it. It's not something fully fantasy like he's always done. It's not something that's fully horror like he's always done. This was very different and very unique. And, I mean, Tom Hanks was 100% originally their idea because they were bouncing off the fact that he was so popular with, like, Splash and Dragnet. Dragnet was also used in one of those houses uh, on in the cul-de-sac. He was up for a... Uh, Oscar nomination for Big at the time, and that's they're yeah. pushing it back. Like, I mean, he's it's Tom Hanks, so and he has so many Tom Hanks moments in his. Wow, oh, oh, Carol. Oh. I mean, even 
even even more oh, me, come on carol <laughs> even more for those like exasperated like heights <laughs> the hankisms there you go uh, within the same year you had turner and hooch come out as well as in 1989 and that thing is just full of hankisms it, it, that is this Hank- is not your room <laughs> Oh, I'll kill you, Hooch! I'll kill you! <laughs> kill you! <ya. laughs> uh, that movie. That, oh, Tom Hanks. And I feel like that's the Tom Hanks that I love. I mean, I like and respect the Saving Private Ryan and a couple other, you know, here and there, newer Yeah, Hanks. but that's, that's like, that's like post, post, um... Jim Carrey? No, 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 no. Uh, Saving Private Ryan is, is, is after the... The post Forrest Gump Hanks affair with America, where he was like he was after Forrest Gump, he was Emmy nominated or Oscar nominated for like everything in like a five year period. Apollo thirteen, Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, but that was really where we hit our our uh, our Hank Hank Rena- Hank's Renaissance. There, he steps so far away from the humor stuff that I I honestly think that he just. He had it. He had the gift of the like even in like little parts of Sleepless in Seattle, like when he's like, Yes! And he's like in his underwear and he's just like super stoked. I'm like, You're there! Oh, they're, they're talking about the dirty dozen. Yeah, oh, and they're throwing your names out of the shadow. He sacrifices himself. Yeah, he's it, gotta love Hanks. He had he had the moments of comedic styling for the 80s with a oh, little the money slap. pit the money the pit money, is yeah. like the height like that's one big like full-on hanks like yeah we get we get full cage the money pit start to finish <laughs> was just hanks Fair just punch. losing his shit every single every single <laughs> uh, fucking second <laughs> and and i think that's just what we kind of see now with as as you know hanks got older he kind of drifted away from the comedic stylings and obviously went for more dramatic roles. I mean, immediately after and later on, he went on to do obviously more serious roles, still young as well, kind of progressing to it with like Philadelphia. And then, you know, obviously getting into like Angels and Demons, Bridge of Spies. Angels and Demons I didn't really care for. Bridge of Spies Well, I mean like Da Vinci Code, you know, Um, franchise. What was his gangster movie? I I really like a road to perdition. I still love that movie. I think that's a great movie. That's a fantastic movie. And to be based off of a graphic novel as well. I I mean perfect. It's great. If you put Tom Hanks plus Tommy Gun I don't care what the hell is going <laughs> and, on. Like, and and the, the, the whole sequence where it's almost silent except for the rain yeah. and the music and you just see the, the flash of the Tommy gun like yes. oh it's like that's like that's like visual Viagra for crying out loud. You you can put up like movies that are kind of that same mentality and theme and with two completely and obviously like you know well talented actors. Tom Hanks with a Tommy gun. Alright, alright, I'm intrigued. Johnny Depp with a Tommy gun. Yeah, still intrigued, but I'm going to go with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Has he ever played the villain? I don't think I've ever. I think that's the only thing left that he hasn't done. No, unless you know I'm what? wrong. That's the ultimate challenge. No, that's he, the ultimate challenge. He played. Um, he kind. Of, did you guys ever watch The Circle with uh, mm. Emma Watson? No. So it's like a. I know. It's like a social media like like if Facebook was kind of evil and corrupt. Spoiler alert, they are. So Facebook. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> but they, it's like, this girl goes live with everything she does, 
and on this social media platform and uh they he kind of gets exposed at the end like that he's not a good dude but still there isn't that god is there Ladies and gentlemen, if you can think of a movie where you're like, oh my god, Tom Hanks plays such a... No, no, you're right. I just Googled it, uh, and, and the excerpt from Variety.com says that Tom Hanks said this would be his first villainous role. Oh. The little scene tech thriller The Circle saw him as an evil cultish, cultish CEO. So yeah, Nathan, that's, I think that's as close to... Okay, uh, that's the closest he can as be. As close as we've ever seen Tom play the bad guy. It's it's just one of those things where you take certain roles and you definitely come out with villainous characters played by great actors who are well loved by America and, or even the world. And I mean, it's kind of like watching um, Kevin Costner in Mr. Brooks, like mm. he's the he's the villain and it was completely unexpected. Or, I mean, uh, when Robin Williams did Ooh, one yeah. hour photo. I, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's such a change, but you know they can do it. When when Nicolas Cage would play the bad lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> a, B, C, D. <laughs> All right, this scene, they're going to shoot me, get a hand job from some people I just held up. And action. <laughs> Nick Cage, well, he I mean, was Nick, in Face Nick Off. Cage yeah, was already yeah. in, in Face Off. <laughs> I was like, a Face peach. Off is his ultimate. I can eat a peach for hours. But that's like his crazy... <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus christ oh i can't wait till we do It'll face happen. off someday someday oh. ladies and gentlemen patreon.com get ready for like a three-hour circle jerk of us just going ah we love face off <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is it's not oh. going to be any audio it's just going to be a still frame of us oh, again, we'll, like his we'll, choir we'll do it as part <laughs> of a a promotion we'll call it the uh the trip Travolta two time or Travolta two ways, and we'll do face off, and then we'll do Broken Arrow as a, as a double feature. <laughs> or uh, or you know, Broken Arrow, yeah. There's a or a Travolta in I Am Wrath. I Am did Wrath they, is not bad, but I think do Broken another Arrow's movie better. together. Did they ever go go back with to the well? I heard whispers that they were going to try oh, to do, try to do a, a face like off a face off two. You know, we need we need the ultimate balance. We need the Rock. Face off and then Broken Arrow. That's the trilogy. That's the three-hour episode. Yeah, but then, <laughs> then, then we're into like a, a quintuplet or a, a foursome, maybe that oh, adds Con Air into it, <laughs> and uh, you know, it just, it just, it, it keeps on going. It just keeps on going. So, Six degrees so speaking, of what the fuck? I was gonna say. So speaking of Star Trek, so the birds, Star Trek, member <laughs> the birds in, in this movie. Yeah, and that's oh. what I meant earlier when I said the doctor and, and Drew <laughs> took it as Dr. Klopek. Sorry. But I, I had meant Robert Picardo, which is fine. Which Robert, okay, so Robert Picardo. Still needed and Dick, that uh, exposition. <laughs> you did, you did. I mean, Robert Picardo and Dick Miller, they are always in Joe Dante's films. And they're usually like some type of small, you know, kind of like, not insignificant, but it's a very like, young Robert Picardo. It's a too. very, very young Robert Picardo. But even. Uh, it's it's so fun to see where his actual career has gone and through the through the 80s where he's played like a villain he's played Meg Knucklebones in Legend and now he's a garbage man and soon he will become please state the nature of the medical emergency yeah, and, but Joe Miller, he was in the, the matinee. He was in all sorts of like really bad sci-fi. Hey, too. He was in Inner Space. 
Yeah. Did, uh, okay. Cried out loud. He was in all these all these B movies too. He's he's been yeah, in over Dick a hundred Rock and Roll High School. In, there you go. And he, and he just recently passed away. So R.I.P. Has been <laughs> that I'm not surprised <laughs> about. I don't remember him. It, 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 I think any I'll actor that lived anything. through Hollywood during the the late '80s or '90s that wasn't some big fucking star played some bit piece on on either TNG, Voyager, or DS9. Some type of like yeah special guest role. I mean, who, who's roll. the um, the really tall guy? He played Zephyr Cochran in First yeah. Contact, but he <laughs> he played like. Yeah, I think he played at least a half dozen other Star Trek characters during that same era. They just kept on coming back to him like, we'll put some different makeup on you. You'll be fine. Well, I mean, that's what they did with Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs played two different Ferengi and Andorian. And oh, I love like, his Quailu. Andorian from the Enterprise yes. was one of the only redeeming parts other than T'Pol of it, that, uh, that series. His character on Enterprise is my favorite thing about it. Is that right, Pinkskin? Uh, yep uh no it's a great cast uh the story kind of meanders a little bit but uh it's it's still fun to watch it gives me those 80s those 80s feels like yeah there's a a little bit of creepiness to it but it's sort of like a warm blanket of just Mm, right yeah exactly that i i I totally agree i think it has enough slapstick like when he when art goes into the shed from the power line. Like, and it has the outline of his body. Like, it's enough, <laughs> or the like, bees! Come to the water! Come to the water! <laughs> run, run to water, men! Are you hit? Are you hit? Oh, Mr. Rum... Oh, I can't believe you did that, Mr. Peterson. The same thing happened to me last week. Except it wasn't bees. It was a rabid squirrel. <laughs> uh, and when... So, a weird part that kind of catch it, caught me off guard twice in both watches. I was like, oh, God, this just makes me feel weird. When they're in the house and Art is stealing shit, like just pick. I'm like, <laughs> oh, first of all, like and he's house. smoking a cigar in somebody in else's ha- house. Like, that Dude, was the other thing. Yeah, fuck smoking you. The- you are nursing. I mean, first off, like they Ray stops him from stealing. You want to put that back? You want to not steal yeah, things from Walter's it, house? But, but you don't stop him from smoking <laughs> in the house. I mean, it was a different time. <laughs> it was a different <laughs> time. <laughs> Table of four, in? smoking or non? <laughs> a soldier's way. I mean, you just broke into his house. I loved it. I loved it. just wandering inside. The wife, and the wife of Mrs. Rumsfeld. Do you know that she's the voice of Francine on American she Dad? She got the job be because surprised. Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> hey, Mrs. Rumsfeld. No tan lines today. <laughs> Looking Seth good. of American Dad it was such a fan of her. Which is hilarious because Tom Hanks didn't even know who the hell she was, really, or like what she did. I the the note that she that he gave her when he bought the entire cast and crew glasses read, "I still didn't really know what you were doing, but it was great working with you." Thanks, Tom. <laughs> thanks, Hanks. Thanks, thanks for the backhanded compliment, Tom. I did, but Ricky's Ricky's comment like Miss Rumsfeld, no tan lines. <laughs> Yikes! Oh. And I just love, I love myself. The kid next door is a meatball. He's a meatball. <laughs> uh, and I do adore the part where Carrie Fisher puts Tom Hanks sort of on like lockdown house arrest. <laughs> this is the scene immediately that precedes him sort of getting drunk in the backyard. 
when uh when art comes in but but it's rubsfeld and art out front she's like he's not allowed to come out and play until he starts to resemble the man i married again tom hanks just gives him like a a long suffering look and then rook to come in just he does like the all shucks kick with like his rightful like Oh, Carol, like, we don't have that kind of time. Can Tom Hanks come out and play? No, he's grounded right now. Maybe tomorrow. Oh, I believe is, I've given my the answer. marriage between Carrie and and Tom in this. Like, is it what we wanted, or is it should should it have been a little bit more? Because they have a kid that apparently does nothing for the plot, but but he's like it's, honestly, he's on I feel break. like it what makes him look like a do? shitty father. Except look disappointed in his father every now and again. That's like I don't like. uh, Well, I mean the only the the only like real bit of parenting that you see him do is take away the bowl of sugar after the son's been putting sugar into his cereal, and then telling him like I need you to stop spying on the Clopex. Like that's it. That's like meanwhile that evening he's upstairs in his bedroom window spying on the Clopex. Yeah, digging around in the rainstorm. It's it's interesting to see exactly like the tension that he does have throughout the entire entirety of the film. There was a subplot that was kind of like weeded out of the original script where the reason why Ray is on vacation is because he's actually been fired and he just hasn't oh. told Carol. Ooh, that would have made things a little bit darker. Right? Especially if she's all like, come on. You're going to be so tired when you have to go back to work. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Would, I'm going to be fine. That would have ramped up the end really well. Just an, another layer of like where he like confesses. He's like, because I got fired. You know, Carol, like, is that what you want to know? Well, there actually there actually was. There was oh, a part fine. that fine, again Carol, got ah, cut. Ah, I got, I got fired. <laughs> there was a part that got cut where he, he confesses to her and says, like, I lost my job. And she tells him, like. I, I, I already know. Whoa. Like, I just kind of like just been waiting for you to tell me. And that's when he says, like, when Art says, like, hey, what are you doing? I'm going on vacation, Art. Vacation? Geraldo Rivera's coming out. This is going to be big. So now he's like, that's kind of like just adds on to the whole. He's just had a break. He's taking his second vacation now. You've had first vacation. Yes. Vacation from the vacation. What a second vacation. <laughs> I, uh, it's so interesting to look at how many people in this again. And I think it's just one of those things where. We look at the movies we've done, and I think it's almost inescapable to find some type of, like, we were saying, like, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, where something is always connected. Where in 1989's The Burbs, the following year, in 1990, we have Queenie playing the dog in Silence of the Lambs. Oh! It it all comes full circle. (laughs) (laughs) It puts the clopec on the skin, or else it gets buried in the backyard again. We just know that Walter dies, and obviously the dog is adopted by Buffalo Bill. <laughs> God. Oh, this universe is, is rough. It's so oh. <laughs> Do you want a dog treat? I like a dog treat. <laughs> a dog I need dog treats all I dog treat myself all day long. Oh good God. I I love the uh the scene where they sit down and he offers them snacks. Sardine. Hey, I just, hey I, it's such... sardines are a superfood. They are packed. Do you like with good protein? Do you like sardines? Oh shit! What is he doing? God no! <laughs> I don't no, know. No, don't he, get sardines. Is he getting sardines? God is he gonna get Jack, sardines? I don't know don't. what he's doing. I don't want to fucking watch you eat sardines. Jack, That's just Jack has stepped away 
We can Jack? only assume to grab Jack, sardines. No. Oh, we thought he was getting sardines. Is he? No. Yes. No. He. Bu- okay. Jack, are you going to eat a, a sardine for us? I mean, I can't. <laughs> it's like is that some sort of shock. It's like, oh, no, it's not a shock. It's not a shock. But I do. It's just, it's just that whole scene to watch Tom Hanks where I think you the burbs gave know. sardines a bad reputation. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe always had. Uh, I mean, just aside from, <laughs> I don't think the burbs was the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> oh, I think it was. I think it was. But uh, I use uh, sardines in a, a certain pasta sauce that I do. Uh, it, it adds umami the same way you would use fish sauce in like an Asian soup or Asian curry. Yeah, I mean, you add sardines to like Caesar salad dressing, like a, like true yeah. Caesar salad dressing. Yeah. I mean, but just watching Tom Hanks, like, oh yeah, no, and like the the noise of his fingers going Ooh. into the tin, like the you could see the like the scales on his finger, but it's just him chewing. You know that had to have been like the first and only take of him chewing on that. And Nathan, no Nathan's face, he's just like, nope. They nope, couldn't even handle sniffing on actual <laughs> dog shit for this movie, and they actually they could they were able to stomach sardines. Would you really but, want to step on yeah, real for a dog movie? Shit Hell for a yeah! Movie like, I'll step. I'll roll in dog shit. Like I don't care. <laughs> yeah, get the stunt dog out here. <laughs> I'll I'll shit on the ground and I'll step in my own. I don't care if I'm in a movie. I'll just say yeah, step in your own shit. If I'm in a movie shit? and they're like, oh, we have no prop shit, I'll be like, on it. I just had Chipotle. I'm ready the- Let's do this. <laughs> We, we we formed some refried beans to no, look no, like no. dog shit. No, <laughs> not good enough. Dog food, dog food and refried beans brought to you by the special effects and lighting company that that did such movies as Star Wars, Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, did you put any corn in it? Because I put I had a lot of corn to eat last night. That's not uh, real. That's not. No. Oh, uh, I. I was still wondering, like, exactly, like, how many people the Klopex had possibly killed. You I mean, you have, you have a whole trunk full of people, which I guess part of the, uh, uh, a moment for an alternate before they open up the trunk, an alternate to opening it up and seeing dead skulls, you also had a cheerleader and you also had the two garbage I men. I think that's supposedly going to be in the trunk. That as may well. have made it a little bit more interesting to have actual <laughs> oh, no, Ricardo, no. people people that you like saw and associated Bodies. with at some point in the film end up dead and you know, I, I don't know. It, well, I, I think that's the whole thing of just like, oh my gosh, Walter's gone. They killed Walter. And the fake out with that is is great, but then actually having the people that that they're not looking at that are dead you're like oh shit if there could have been like other like news reports or yeah you know what i mean that could have come on and said like you know we're still on the lookout for a missing person for the past who's been missing for what like six seven serial killing status that's like 50 there are 20 bodies in there and i i I do like a little bit of the situational comedy where they left the garbage on the street and people kept driving through it over the course of the movie after they right. had dumped out the garbage I want to know exactly how much money the Clopex really have, because for every house that they go into, obviously they're trying to build, like, a furnace hot enough in order to burn bone and, like, just, like, you know, cremate a body. Because according to Art, or according to the real estate agent who told Art, like, the, their last house burned the ground. So exactly like how many times are they doing this? How many times are they building a furnace like that? And obviously they're digging up and taking the bones wherever they go. 
So they were solving crimes with bones? Yeah. Like a, oh. a popular TV show out of the aughts? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome special guest Anna, Anna to the show. <laughs> oh, well, bones and murder. Oh. <laughs> I love that Rick and Morty makes fun of bones. <laughs> Man, what is this? It must be some kind of bone. I wonder if it's, wonder if it, if it's a bone. Do they hook up? <laughs> and so uh, Anna finished the season uh, or the the, the series, <laughs> all all the, all the series, and I caught one of the last few episodes that she was watching, and uh, Bones got chonk. Like maybe she had some kids and just never lost the weight again. So the the song turned into uh, uh, Bones and Burgers, <laughs> Bones and Milkshakes, solving Whoa. crimes with fries. We're real judgmental there here at go. the Josh ho- Just Household. <laughs> Uh, but sorry for that aside. But it, no, it almost seems like that could have been a scene used for uh, Back to the Future of, of Doc Brown trying to uh, develop the flux capacitor. That the the flash and the noises coming from the uh, the basement. Oh yeah, <laughs> bringing like various uh, you know skeletons to Doctor Klopek. He just like reappears in the basement all the time. He's like, all right, these are from Vienna, seventeen ninety four. Take them now. I mean he. He seems so fine with letting, like, the femur go, but he wants his skull. His skull is his trophy every single time. And I'm thinking just like, well, you're a pathologist. Why would you not just, like, attribute this to your work? Oh, maybe he's just a litter bug. He just threw a candy wrapper over the the fence. (laughs) No, that's my note. (laughs) When they do the camera work with, so when when Art and Ray are like, ah, and it, like, goes back and forth, back and in and out, in and out, in and out. Ray, this is Walter. No! That's that was probably one of the best parts of the whole movie. It's so comical, it's so and over the top. Sa- yeah, it's so Samlot like, and it's over the and it's over the top, and it's actually like extreme close up. Yeah. Ah! Or the extreme close up on the eyes when Hans comes out. <laughs> then I just love it. It, it zooms in on the dogs. <laughs> like, the dog is... <laughs> well, and when they go to walk up to the Klopex for the first time, the music they play, I swear to God, is they are sampling or alluding to the soundtrack from Once Upon a Time in the West. Like, as soon as they step foot onto the yard, it's like... Dun, 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 Oh it yeah. Sounds yeah. almost exactly like some of that music. Oh, maybe maybe little uh Mr. Mr. Goldsmith is borrowing from Inyo Morricone. There you go. Possibly. There you go. Just a sample. Just a, just a sample. Segmentes? Segments? Segments. 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 It's always awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So segment number one is... You could go say hi to him, too. You know? Yeah, but he's your neighbor. Well, no, he's your neighbor as well. No, but I'm over. You're, you share a property line with him. He's yeah, your, I mean, like, we're all on the same block, so, I mean, you could go, too. So. No, it's, oh, we're all in the same town, too, but you're right next to him. No one can deny that the Klopex are some truly odd people. From driving their trash out to the curb, digging holes in their backyard during a thunderstorm, and let's not forget the bright lights and explosive noises late at night. Now, we've all obviously lived somewhere, and with that comes living with neighbors. Most people are either friendly or indifferent with these people, but there are always some that are just off. 
What are some stories of your weird neighbors that you've had? Bonus points if they've actually killed anyone. Who wants to go first? I'll take lead on this one. Go for it. Back home in Wofford Heights, California. Let me take you back. Uh, our neighbors <laughs> across <laughs> across the street. The strawberries and cream. <laughs> God, I'd marry her. Uh, <laughs> ribbons in her hair. Uh, Steve and Sharon across the street were very interesting. Uh, they had a cat that had a small black patch right on its nose, and they called him Booger. And so Sharon would proceed to come outside <laughs> screaming for this cat, Booger! Booger! And everyone knew that Booger was out and about and needed, needed to return <laughs> home as soon as possible. They would only pay... So, okay, they would often ask my parents if Paul or myself could wash their vehicles and that they would pay us. We learned very quickly that their currency of choice for paying people to wash their vehicles was Burger King bucks. Now, Burger King bucks are great if you love Burger King. If you're not the biggest Burger King fan or you want to buy literally anything else, they're fucking useless. So... I could never get excited about Burger King. Same. I'm not... And that's all we really had up in the current valley. We had, like, Burger King, and that was pretty much it as far as fast food. Their fries were possibly, I wouldn't say better than McDonald's, but, but they were crispier. But there's just nothing exciting and about I, it. There's nothing that's it. great. Uh, so, no. You could, you could put almost two fast food restaurants next to each other, one of them always being Burger King. And I would probably pick whatever the second choice was, like... Wendy's, yeah, I'd rather have that. McDonald's, rather have Obviously. that Taco Bell. <laughs> no, no, Condos. <laughs> Winners, that's all. Yeah, no, yeah. it's better. Yeah. Um, so, bonus, <laughs> they didn't kill someone, but they did kill something. They killed our other neighbor's dog, okay. Socrates. And they put, and they put <laughs> up a sign that said, here lies the dog who shit on my drive. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, so this was, this was premeditated? Yes. You're in there, old man. Honey, I need the neighbors. Listen up, mister. That piece of scum barking rat of yours has just taken his last stomp on my lawn. I find one more, just one, I'm gonna catch him and staple his ass shut. <coughs> By God, I'm gonna do it right now. No, 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 no. Come on, So it was, like, it was on purpose. Did, like, how did they kill him, or did they just decide today I'm not going to swerve? Socrates just went missing, oh, and no. and we're like, where? The, like, I'm like, Alex, where did your dog go? He's like, it's our, he he ran away. Like, we have no idea. And oh and then a heat wave came on in the middle of summer. <laughs> People started to complain about the smell. Yes, the dog made one too many phosphates and just <laughs> snapped. So yeah. Rest in oh peace, Socrates. I've got three. One of them may get the bonus points for actually killing someone. So <laughs> there was a place that I think I was in junior year of college. And it was sure, yeah. it built itself as as affordable housing. It was like a half mile walk from campus. but And it was affordable housing. But what I didn't know until we moved in, it was also Section 8 housing. Mm, Section 8 and affordable. <laughs> 
Yeah, so uh, folks out there, Section 8 is where they put people who can't afford housing. and uh, Or at least Nathan may know more about it, but that's about the gist of it, right? That That is. Some some great people. Uh, it, it's Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Oh. This was not one of those people. Uh, this was a, a it just a vibrantly mentally ill woman uh, who would wear bright red lipstick applied around her lips. Not on her lips. Around her lips. And this was before uh, The Dark Knight ca- came out. So, you know, it was we weren't really getting the Joker vibe. But she, I believe, had some sort of mental illness or, or probably schizophrenia where she would just be babbling and yelling downstairs. And she was in the unit right below mine. Oh. And she it would frequently rise to a crescendo so, crescendo. so you could hear her sort of like babbling, babbling, blah, 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 blah. And then it would culminate oh. in, God <laughs> raped me. God raped me. And like I've got people over and it's like, oh, does anyone need a beer while like in the background? Oh, God raped me. I raped me. Jesus. So that was always really kind of fucked up. And then we we got drunk one night and we tried to engage like this and like stomping on the the, the floor oh, going, this is God. And just, oh! <laughs> no. So no, that that was horrifying. Um <laughs> and I'm a terrible person, I apologize. <clears throat> then my first apartment here Whoa. in uh California was on California Avenue and it was called the Californian. Uh it was right across from the old Mervins. I and know, I, know uh, I was is. on I was on the end of the like sort of the row of the studio apartments and right next to me was this couple that fought like and they were right about my age and in, in their mid twenties or so fought like cats and dogs every fucking night. Like shit's getting thrown, stuff's getting broken. Like I don't think it actually came to physical blows, but it kind of sounded like it. And so one night not me, but probably the neighbor on their other side had had enough and called the police and they came out and separated him and made him go off for the night. And they must have thought it was me because I wake up, go to work the next morning or I come home from work the next evening and my grill has been kicked over and my uh, my like shitty plastic lawn furniture or gar- like, you know, outdoor furniture had been, I think a chair was thrown completely in a bush across the way. <laughs> so that was unpleasant. But the, the PS de Resistance was, uh, remember Cat where I, I, I lived last, the, the <laughs> condo there, or the townhouse. At one point, a young couple had moved in, no kids, and they couldn't afford the place, so they brought in some shady people. One of them was a heroin dealer, and they were dealing yes. heroin out of, of the apartment, and your your neighborhood changes real quick when that happens. Yeah, you get rape alley. <laughs> yeah, you get rape alley, and then uh, like there are people like nodding off in the parking lot. There are used needles like just in the grass like dandelions. Oh, jeez. And so they weren't paying any of their rent or their utilities. And at one point they had run an extension cord over to the neighbors and were stealing power from the neighbors. And so we put a stop to that and I was going to work one morning and I would pass by their back area where their fuse box was located. (laughs) And I could see that their fuse box was just jerry-rigged as fuck. Like there were jumper cables and shit going on and there were basically they had bypassed the uh the meter and we're just stealing power directly from the power company so that's when i called pg and e and i was like 
people in unit 41 they they've got jumper cables they've got a jerry rig they're stealing power and they came and they finally locked the place down and got it condemned because it was so fucking disgusting inside because they no longer had running water or power or any utilities so finally we got them out of there but probably due to the sales of heroin probably somebody died uh, in connection with that house oh Uh, god yeah maybe yeah so yeah that that was the worst one because it was like having a bad neighbor that gets loud or parties or maybe like listens to fucking music too loud is one thing but having a steady stream of of shady fucking people coming into your their area which was not formerly shady that sucks it's so hard to deal with and to and god forbid if you have kids you're just like i can't i can't be putting you through this little guy like it's just it's too much so yeah and i remember when they were moving out and like the one cracky girlfriend was like we're leaving are you happy and we're like yeah yeah we are like (laughs) pack your shit and go actually (laughs) oh gosh okay um i i kind of i I have two i'd like one and a half the the first one was back when i was in the apartment and it was a neighbor who lived I, i i later found out i didn't even know who it was for a while but periodically i would just receive bags of fruit on the back side of my fence on my patio. I don't know where they came from, <laughs> but I would just have like like grapefruit and oranges or lemons and I'm like, what who is leaving just bags of fruit hanging here? Do I Drew, do you feel like this was like a passive aggressive commentary on what somebody judged to be your eating habits? Like here's a bag of fruit, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Here's your lemons. I doubt it. But what's... Here's your lemons. So, so like... Try an apple once in a while. So, you... Um, eventually, like, I had... I found a bag of fruit, again, out in the back on the fence. And I and I grabbed it. And, I'll, and I hear a voice. And it just says, like, make sure you wash those. And I'm like, what? I was like, have you been leaving me fruit? And he's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's got good fiber. That's healthy for your GI. I may not know my fruits, but I know a bitch when I see one. <laughs> 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 and I see one. So I So I thanked him and I finally I found out like who he was. He was this gentleman who lived literally like five, six feet away from the backside of my patio fence, across in the other apartments, and he had actually like he lost his arms, or, or he had lost an arm uh, due to something, but he lost like he lost like an entire arm, and he was still in like recovery. But he got lots of fruit delivered oh. to him, and he just said like, oh, "I just want to share with you know my neighbors." And I'm, and I'm like, "But you didn't leave any note. You didn't say anything, or you just kind of left it there." Like, and uh, he was just like, he's mystery like Barbosa, fruit. He's like, and I didn't know what to do with it. Try one of those. You're like, "Oh uh, no, fuck you." Uh, no. <laughs> uh, the others, I don't, I don't know them, and they currently live across the street from me now in my house. But they are constantly working on cars. They mu- they must always have like three. Is it a neighborhood cars. chop shop? Oh, <laughs> I. I don't think it's a chop shop. I think they literally either the guy runs like an auto repair business out of his house and he, and people just like leave their cars there. But for like when I first moved in, you know, a couple of years ago, you had cars sitting out on the street for like months. And I'm thinking like, um, 
that's when you could call the police and have have the car removed for just sitting there on the street. But like now, like cars are always rotating in and out of the garage, in the driveway, to the street. And now it's almost like a pattern. Like he knows to rotate cars so no one can Maybe technically call buying, the cops like, on him. Really shitty cars that don't run in our, and he's flipping them. Like he's buying a car for five hundred dollars, putting in a couple days of work, and selling them for a couple grand or something. I maybe he is. I don't know. There's been a PT Cruiser across Nobody the street for the past like cruiser. Yeah, two nope. months. <laughs> so, that's that's gonna be there for like, a bit. Nope, nope. It's Chop Shop. <laughs> it's like he's obviously selling like Agnes no. from the Knitting um, Circle gets a PT Cruiser because she was feeling edgy one day. <laughs> <laughs> I remember what gangster cars looked like. <laughs> Oh, segment number two. Sardine. Almost being cornered in their own home by their new neighbors, the Klopex are forced to become gracious hosts. Han soon offers what could be called an appetizing tray of sardines and thick pretzels, which Ray has to nearly choke down. You are now down to the bare basics and a few random oddities of your fridge and or cupboard. You're knowledgeable of what is in your house, so be honest. You have two options. The first part, which would uh, pertain to your cupboard and your fridge. Create something to serve. Is there something that has been sitting there for a while? An item that you have but won't eat? What is your best attempt at providing your newfound friends some food? Or, an alternate part to this question, basically, what is a meal that you had to nearly choke down in order to not to be rude to your hosts. Drew, why don't you uh, why don't you start us off? I will totally start you off. So uh, I'm going to go down to the basic and bare bones of my cupboard. And uh, what we're going to be offering is it's uh, it's uh, smoked Gouda um, Triscuits. And I actually had purchased a container of, uh, of thick molasses that I was going to be used in, using in some baking. And so I'm actually going to be I'm going to be smearing some thick molasses on the smoked Gouda triscuits. <laughs> Jack's face, salty sweet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm going with the bare basics. This is going to be something where it's like, look, I'm being hospitable, and you need to be it's nice. Edible and precious. Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it's edible precious. Uh, we're going to be also cutting up some uh, pickled beets and putting them on the putting them on the plate, and those are actually going to be sitting in the same container because I don't have anywhere else to put them. So they're also going to be mixing with the brine from the uh, Kalamati olives. They're going to be in the uh, same bowl. So you lost me with olives. Like, I've got the sardines in my fucking cabinet, uh, my pantry, but the olives can I, go fuck themselves. I knew the olives would get you. And then the, uh, for the last bit of, like, appetizing, it's uh, it's going to be the, um, the Vienna uh, sausage brand, but it's not Vienna oh. sausages. It's actually the potted meat. So that that's uh, going to be not, not even uh, layered. He's going he's to go get something else. That's not even going to be layered on the plate, uh, on like the, the crackers or anything. It's just going to be scooped and just plopped onto a plate. Bon appetit. So that is your, that's your appetizers. Oh. Bon appetit. I mean, it could <laughs> be Dig in and enjoy. Uh, what does he got? He's, he either has Vienna dried. sausages or potted meat. Dried beef armor. Wow. That's it. Armor dried beef. Yeah, it's uh, You it's know something. what you do with this, right? Shit on a shingle. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Cream okay. chip beef on toast. Yeah. yeah. That's, and this stuff lasts for, I think it's expiration date is like 2024. Yeah, it's, it lasts uh, quite a while. So suffice to say, are you done, Drew? 
I'm done. So suffice to say, this was a pretty slam dunk for me because I have, I have the sardines. I've got the armor dried beef, but I usually there are there are enough staples in the pantry and in the freezer that like just coming up with a, a shot from the hip meal is pretty easy. One of my favorites, like I usually make uh, my own chicken stock. So I've got quarts of chicken stock. Uh, I usually have dried ramen noodles, not the, the square packs, but like the bundles. So you can, you can thaw out a quart of chicken stock, toss a couple of, uh, break a couple eggs in it, make like a faux egg drop soup, throw in some ramen yeah. noodles. And that's, that's a pretty good goddamn meal. Usually I've got uh, pasta sauce frozen. I still have ham and one Ooh. quart of ham and bean soup left from New Year's Eve. So like these, these issues, like I've got, I've got the shitty armor beef and the, the, the sardines, but <laughs> we can do better. <laughs> So See, I, was, uh, I was trying to go for shock value. You're, yeah, you're going. I mean, but, uh, but I was like, eh, what, what do you want? Like, we've even got some jarred pasta sauce in there. We've got we've got cans of beans and tomatoes. I've got flour. I've got yeast. Like, we there's a lot of options. I could make a stromboli out of what we've got right now. It wouldn't be the best, but Jack could is do a it. goddamn Boy Scout when it comes Jack to is, food. Jack's making a four star meal. <laughs> Always be prepared. <laughs> yeah, like uh, uh, fucking, I'll, I'll MacGyver this shit together, and it'll still be good. I've had macaroni, and then I've remembered that I had like a six month old thing of unopened Velveeta. Made some of the best fucking mac go. and cheese. Like eh, you can make this happen. Cut some hot dogs in. You're good. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's pretty easy for me as far as what I had to choke down. Uh, unfortunately, it's my mother-in-law's uh, deep pit beef. Oh. oh, she does it in a crock pot. She does it, it. It's a point of pride for her that she does it for twenty-four hours. But if you're gonna do something like that in the crock pot for twenty-four hours, you need to keep adding water or moisture or beef stock or something to it. Or oh, cook she it just low. she just puts it in there and leaves it. Just leaves it, like oh, thinking no, like no. like like time is just gonna like seal it over and no. flavor town's just gonna ferment up through it. So it turns <laughs> into like this just this gummy just dust <laughs> shoe leather. And and I've got a, a crown on each of my back upper it's like the molars, cinnamon challenge. Like furthest back molars. And so like it's like I could just put a pinch of this on my tongue. And I feel like it just magically turns into a slug and migrates into the gap between the molars there. Oh, oh between the crown. It's like, uh, that's the worst feeling where you're somewhere and you're like, I need a flosser really bad. <laughs> and this is just awful. And like, she's given us containers of it. Like, oh, take some of my, take some of my deep pit <laughs> beef. It's just so tender, ho, but it's gone right in the trash. <laughs> oh, no. But the thing, but I mean, uh, on the other hand, she cooks an amazing Thanksgiving turkey. Like her oven bird is perfection. She doesn't, but yeah. this deep pit beef. Nah, yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, bye. Not, not working. <laughs> it's not working for me. Well, for me, um, I went with the uh, the meal that I basically had to choke down, and uh, this shout out goes to Jenna Glenn. Um, Jenna Glenn had a, a crush on uh, my best. Did Brooke just kick in the door when you no, said that? No, name? in fact, Brooke knows the story. <laughs> Who? Who? She, she said <laughs> Brooke knows the story pretty well. So Jenna Glenn had a crush on my roommate, my best friend, Matty Pooh, Matt Ortega. Uh, he was at my wedding, and she said, "Oh, I'll make you guys dinner." Because she really wanted to like try and like impress Matt, and so like yeah, sure, like make us dinner, cool. 
So she made an Italian uh, meal. She made some lasagna, some salad, and uh, garlic bread. The lasagna was, was fine. The salad was okay. And Matt and I both bit into the garlic bread at the same time. Uh-oh. And it was... Oh, gosh. And garlic bread should be a, a wonder. It was thing. like the moment in Little Rascals when Darla and Alfalfa both bite into the sand the sandwich where they go. They go <laughs> the cat mm-hmm. butter sandwich. <laughs> there was so What was there was wrong so with much it? garlic that I I like I don't know if I inhaled part of it, but like all I could breathe, all I could smell and taste, my my taste buds were gone. Because there was so... It was like biting raw garlic. But it looked like butter. But it was just like puree spread of garlic. It was so overpowering. And we both just like... Oh my... Jenna, how much garlic did you put on here? She said, (laughs) I may have done four times the amount. I'm sorry. Did she get... Did she get a clove and a bulb of garlic mixed up? It was like... Instead of like garlic butter it was like garlic spread so it was literally just like like garlic yes. paste and so that much garlic so like no other herbs no, no butter with it she just spread garlic but pa- oh so, yeah that's just raw garlic did she do that after or before she it baked was, it? it was toasted and so she just put it on top like it was like toast oh so she did she put it on after yep. the bread had been cooked Ooh. Oh, that's why. That's and why it's it rough. Just was so hard, and we were like, "No, no, it's it's wonderful." And we, we got it down, and she almost started crying, <laughs> but we were laughing because we couldn't taste anything the rest of the night because it was all garlic. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, Jenna Glenn, good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to our last topic. We're your neighbors. Ray Peterson definitely has some unique characters as neighbors ranging from Walter, Rumsfeld, Art, and even Ricky. We have the old man, the all-business serious guy, the screwball or childlike individual, and the annoying teen. What four, and this can be dictated however you want, what four minor celebrities or semi-famous people would you want as your neighbors? I didn't really go minor or semi. That's fine. I just That's went fine. Oh, I did, and I have I, rules I was for to mine. So. <laughs> Nathan oh. has rules. Nathan does have rules for it. And Are I you told trying Nathan, to say that my art do good? Carol! I put a note under the door, too! I, I told Nathan beforehand, I just like, in retrospect, I should have just said, like, what four people, and then just let your own, you know, conscience be your guide. Uh, explain how they would fit into that role. And then, of course, you know, I wrote, why semi-famous? Well, let's famous. Or let's face it. They're famous. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Famous people wouldn't be caught in the suburbs. So, I say Nathan takes us off and... uh, All right. So, my rule is, uh, because I was trying to think of B-list, you know, actors. People that have been in stuff, but never really had, like, the limelight for very, very long or have completely faded away and are not A-list actors. When you think of them, do not think of an A-list like, oh yeah, they're worth lots of money. And the best way to really represent this is people on Cameo that are under $300. You leave Jonathan (laughs) Frakes the hell out of this. (laughs) He's expensive. He's good. He's good. Okay. So, for my old man, Bill Daniels from Boy Meets World, 
uh, Mr. McPeeny is oh, I like it. He's very who just turned ninety-one. Just perfect for an old man. He's a wise owl. He can be a little whippersnapper, smartass to me, but still, uh, <laughs> he's got that McFeeny spirit. Always, oh, oh, Bill Daniels. For my all business gal, mm, I'm going going uh women on this one. Deanna Meyer from Starship Troopers. <laughs> Uh, who plays uh, Diz? So, yes. Oh, she's un- she's not an A list actress. Like, and she would also be my <laughs> she would also be my love interest because one hundred percent. However, however, I'm doing my part. <laughs> but it it wouldn't work out because she's all business. Like she's so business that mm, it's just the love thing. It's not going to work out. That sucks. Oh well. For the screwball, Dan Fogler. From Fantastic oh, I love that Beast. guy. Uh, he was also in um, the, uh, uh, the the Star Wars movie. Was it like Super Fans yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that? Where their their friend like oh, gets fa- fanboys. Fanboys, yes. He plays. He drives the 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 uh, the the van, the Millennium Falcon. He, he would yeah. be just such a great screwball character that you know would get a give a lot of jokes that I would just kind of go, <laughs> Dan, fucking crazy. <laughs> And now, in cameo, Ed Furlong is on is on cameo, and he is. I thought Edward Furlong was dead. No, he has a cameo. Are you talking about T two? Yes, yes. I was it, or was he just like arrested several times for drug abuse and beating his spouse? Ed Furlong so, is not dead in his cameo, and this is what sold it for me. I'm sorry, Ed Furlong. Ed Furlong. This is what. <laughs> And he, and he stopped this being This is when I said, you know what? You are the annoying teen that is just going to... In his cameo, he says, So yeah, pay me money. <laughs> God, I love huh? the street. Huh? It's him. It's perfect. It was written for him. That's my that's my neighbors. All right, Drew, you want next or you want to go last? I I will I will go next. So for my uh for my old man, but I'm actually turning it into an old married couple, and uh, my old married couple is going to be John Cleese and Betty White. Aww. And so they're <laughs> because I want to see them as both like they're funny but they're crotchety, and I think that would be like a little bit of a difference for obviously John Cleese and Betty White since they're can, both. Can just they throw actors. throw a boat at John Cleese and say he's a retired uh, re- retired hotel <laughs> no, retired ho- hotel owner from Faulty Towers? Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> the all business it w- it was kind of a toss up, but I'm gonna go with John C. McGinley, but it's John C. McGinley who never really walked away from being Dr. Cox. So (laughs) All right, Nancy. So he's (laughs) right, Nancy. So he's so he's serious, but he's still sarcastic. But he but secretly down below he's got a heart of gold. Uh if we're gonna go with screwball and almost like childlike, my my gut decision was immediately to say Jack Black because that's just hey look, Drew chose Jack Black again. (laughs) Uh but just to invite uh, Jack and uh, Nathan, you both over to my house and have you meet my neighbors. I'm gonna introduce you, you introduce you to you know Kevin James coming home from his oh, shift. Oh, as, uh, oh, <laughs> that's just for, that's just the for underdog screwball. No, no, no. I de- I deserve every <laughs> every inch of that. We walked right into that dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And as for my annoying teen, it's going to be, I can't, I don't remember how he pronounces his first name. It's either Gatton or Gaten Matarazzo. It's the kid from Stranger Things who's like yep. missing his, his front teeth. Uh, it's Dusty. So uh, we're going to have him as being the annoying teen, which I, I was more thinking of like these people as like just themselves, not necessarily the characters they play. But then it's a little mix and more. But I also know that that kid loves to sing Broadway all the time. So I can only assume that would annoy the But not you, Drew. You'd be like, mm, sing Oklahoma. God damn, kid. Yes! <laughs> I didn't say... I didn't say what I didn't say it would annoy oh, me. What I just a said he's the annoying one. <laughs> hey, I was I was in that show. Hey. <laughs> so that's uh that's my neighborhood. <laughs> All right, uh, in Jack's neighborhood, the old man, wizened but mouthy. I had to go with Alan Alda. Mm. Where like I could see the uh Rumsfeld like bitching about the dog and be like, Oh fuck the dog. If I don't take my medicine, maybe it'll be me shitting on your lawn next, huh? What do you think about that? You me a motherfucker? <laughs> uh, I could definitely see that going on. The all businessness guy, just John Ham, Don Drapering it up, okay. but just just nineteen fifties, just knocking back beers while he's trying to put together his kids' playset and just just deadpanning everybody who comes within twenty feet of him. <laughs> uh, I, I think that would be awesome. The screwball. It sounds like uh, it would be the opposite, but Adam Driver. But after seeing him in uh, The Dead Don't Die Outer and Lucky Logan. Space. Like oh, okay. I like like uh, yeah. Adam Driver plays amazing, serious characters and intense characters, but he also I've enjoyed his like his breaking character with that and his screwball sort of like kind of like dumb cowpoke. He can be funny, yeah. Uh, so that would be my my screwball. The annoying teen. I think I'm surprised that one of you guys didn't pick it. Tom Holland. I feel like he's the the natural progression for for Corey Feldman, not in the the annoying sense, but he has that sort of like whoa, like Ernest, like pizza dude. Like I feel like he could pull that off pretty well. I think he could. I just I haven't seen anything him, you know, portraying a uh, like an annoying I mean, teen, annoying to Mr. Stark. Really kind of been, like, yeah, All right, I hey. mean, a little bit. Besides, besides, <laughs> but I I feel like he's got that in him. I feel like he could pull better that than Feldman. Oh, I'm sure. Easily. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So the. the yeah, so the, that's that's my that's. My I'm surprised. Show. I'm a little surprised neither of you guys went with Michael Caine because when I was doing my like all star list, that was like, oh, old man, got <laughs> I failed you. <laughs> Quinny takes the dump on the. Line. I failed you. <laughs> Why do we take a lot of dump dumps on the lawn, Quinny? So we can pick it up. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, Michael King. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, good segments. Thank you all for uh, for doing those. So, uh, how, how does everyone feel about this movie? What what would we uh, what would we give it? Uh, well, I feel like the last name Klopek is sort of like how uh, South Park used the the term the name Katie Couric as a, a a term of measurement. Like that dump was at least eight Katie Couric's. Eight Kirks. Uh, so I gave it two out of three Klopex. It still stands up to time. It's still entertaining. As far as rewatchability, uh, maybe uh, once every five years or so, but it still gives me all those 1980 feels. So I give it two out of three Klopex. This movie does not fully warm the home. It is the furnace that says that it goes to 5,000 degrees. But it never really heats up hotter than, uh, you know, just a couple hundred. 
So it's enough to like, I mean, it's definitely pumping out heat, but it just never warms up the house that it is in. Um, I would give it, I want to say a, a six out of 10. It's not phenomenal. There's some really strong parts in it, but I think the story of it is semi-forgettable in in the sea that is Tom Hanks and some of these other uh, style movies. To be to be fair for the to story, it, it was it was filmed during a writer's strike there for six go. months, so they couldn't make any changes to the script. So just just that I, I truly adore this film. I again like I can rewatch it and have it not even bother me to the amount of times that I rewatch it. But again, I'm not someone who is going to tackle the burbs like every year. Probably like, you know, Jax is like once every five. I may watch it like once every two years. I I, I very much enjoy it. I love the story. I love the acting. Uh, I, I give it uh, four out of five neighbors in, in the cul-de-sac. Mm. Jack, do we have a do we have a Patreon special? We do, we do. So uh, get on out those uh, those Kickstarter bucks because we are going to develop the Burbs, the board game. After initial Kickstarter of 100K, we will tailor a board game experience around the movie experience. We really enjoyed playing Who Goes There based on the Thing source material. Ray would get the intelligence boost to solve puzzles or uncover hidden clues. Art would get the Skulldudgery boost for lockpicking, infiltration, and stealth. Rumsfeld would get the technology side of things with his military gadgets and also boosts the group's combat effectiveness. While Ricky can summon the pizza dude to allow our party to rest and heal... (laughs) Uh, and his fast talk ability to distract or charm a person. Future expansions could see different settings and alternate bad guys to to take down. Perhaps they investigate the haunted castle only to uncover the fraudulent motives of its owner, like in High Spirits. Or they are tasked with rooting out the macabre inhabitants of a dark old gothic manor, only to discover that their employers are the true villains, like in The Addams Family. That's amazing. I like it. That's it's fun. called Burbs. It's the board game. It's, it's, it's called da Burbs. The board game. Da Burbs. 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 I got a piece of art. I got a piece of, of Ray lodged in the light of my heart. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, what has uh, what's everyone been watching? Uh, so there was a promotion on Amazon Prime for 99 cents this month. You get Paramount Plus. Oh, yeah. And so that allows, that was well worth my 99 cents because now I can watch season three of Star Trek Discovery, uh, which is not as good as other Star Treks. It's not Enterprise by any means, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's still good. But there's a lot of good stuff on there. Anna texted me and she's like, did you know all the seasons of Hey Dude are on here? And Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I was like, wait, is Salute Your Shorts on there? It is. is. Ah! So uh, we we will be uh, plumbing the depths of that. Uh, Paramount, if you hear this podcast, uh, just uh, send us uh, some more free free time and we'll be able to expound upon the the graces of your wonderful product. Um, (laughs) Other than that... um, we just finished Bones, so hurrah for that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Now I got Hey Dude theme song stuck in my head, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. And now you can start yeah. uh, another, uh, you know, CSI, Criminal Minds. Uh, Lie to Me. Yeah. <laughs> True Blood. Lots of... Uh, <laughs> 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 Fucking true. <laughs> <laughs> 
fuck, Jack? <laughs> See, Brooke and I divide our time up where I say, listen, you can watch your shitty reality TV, and I watch my shitty reality TV. So, it works. Because we both, ign- mm-hmm. it's like we both acknowledge that we both, like, have bad taste. Garbage, garbage <laughs> shows. Like, the challenge is garbage. It's trash. I love it. <laughs> and I will. I love it. <laughs> and I will watch it. But I don't want to watch Summer House, and I don't want to watch Sister Wives. So, that's for her. Oh, gosh. No, I don't blame you on that. Uh, we watched um, the to- or Toll Man. Toll Man, we rented it last Toll weekend. Man. Yeah, the uh, guy picks up a girl. He's a Uber driver, and they take a wrong turn, and they end up trapped in basically a loop. Like she thinks the driver is 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 behind all this and trying to get rapey with her. So she leaves it to head back to the main road, and then ends up walking back in front of the car. So oh. they're just stuck in this area. They can't get out unless the toll man gets his Whoa. toll. It was kind of a fucked up movie. We also saw, well, honey, was the Guy Pierce movie? Seventh Day or or something like that. Or Guy Pierce plays like an exorcist, an exorcist, and he he uh, he gets he gets a he gets a new uh, a new uh, you know fresh out of the exorcism school recruit, and they go and they try to exercise things, and hijinks happen. So you know that was okay. It wasn't as good as Toll Man though. Okay. Uh well, let's see. Um. Still making my way through SVU. I am now. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, it was it was the last season. Twenty twenty four. Drew, what are you watching? <laughs> Still making my way through SVU. Well, now I'm finally as of like the prior season. Season twelve uh, just I'm, wrapped up, and it was a doozy. <laughs> I um, I'm, I'm finally I on. The I was episodes. done with it, and they rebooted the series. <laughs> I'm finally on to episodes where I, I have not actually seen. So these are actually new to me. So now it's it's good. It's engaging. I was I was recently on everything I learned from movies for uh, what they call like a, a, they did the uh, devil month. So we had a, a devil fantasy movie draft. So I, I put a lot of time in watching devil films to do a little research. And uh, so that was fun. Uh, things that I had never seen before. Like uh, Max von Sydow in uh, Stephen King's Needful Things. That's a great movie. Oh. That's got Ed Harris in it as yes. well. Yeah, that is a great little movie. I had never seen it before. Uh, and, and Very pleased. I only recognized that movie when I watched it because it was um, it was the source of um, uh, satires. The Simpsons did an episode. <laughs> I, I mentioned uh, that. That's all. Like there was like a, a Treehouse of Horror yes. where it was like uh, I this? think Mr. Oh. Burns had the uh, the the same thing. Well, uh, Rick was, and Morty did it as well. Rick and Morty did it. You also had um, in the same it's Simpsons Treehouse of Horror where it's like, ah, look, Frogert, the Frogert is cursed. Oh, that's bad. But it comes with a free topping. That's good. The toppings are also cursed. That's bad. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so amongst that, I mean, obviously, I, I watch quite a few movies. But uh, recently, I did watch um, I Care A Lot. Yeah, on Netflix. Wasn't that fucked up? Did we talk? There was no winners in that. That no winners. That made me so angry. Like Like, just watching, like win. Watching it, watching it. I was like, this is making me angry. This is making me angry. Is this going to be slightly redeeming? I mean, not really. But okay. Did you guys ever watch Layer Cake? So yeah, yes. Yeah, Yeah, with Daniel Craig, it gave me a lot of those vibes of like 
trying. There's not going to be a resolution. We're just going to join forces and be even shittier people together. And then at the end, it's like uh, right. you don't even get to like enjoy it because fuck you. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, uh, that was that was not bad. I mean, it was enjoyable. I I thought you were going to see. Uh, you know what I wanted? I wanted more of uh, the mother's backstory. Of her being like a the mom of an of an of an Italian mob boss, because for her to suddenly like slowly walk around the woman's backside and then just like wrap her arm around her throat and start to like choke her to death, I was like, I want to see where she was like a a matron who retired and you know passed the business or the family along down to her son. Like I wanted to see her past somewhere stuck in that like. Uh, you know, safety deposit box or something. Did you guys ever see uh, the movie The Favorite? It came out in 2018. It was a period piece. No. Yes. So I watched that on the plane, uh, and it was it was a lot more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. It's Livy Coleman playing Queen Anne uh, during the 19th century. Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz, Nicholas uh, Holt, and it 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 was it was just great great fun uh that movie a lot of intrigue and just a lot of ridiculousness uh that was okay. unexpected for me i kind of wanted a little bit more but olivia coleman like she's played so many queens lately and uh, winning awards but, for it and winning awards for it but she plays this like bonkers bisexual queen with like terrible gout uh where she's just like she thinks the footman looked at her and she's like look at me how dare you look at me oh it's it's it was a lot of fun. It sounds like uh, wedding crashers. Uh, <laughs> pervert. So I have been on a Korean movie kick. Ooh. So um, rewatched rewatched Parasite. And was just like, ooh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and set the table and start watching some Korean films. Maybe going deeper into the horror of the Korean genre. I rewatched Train to Busan. I watched a zombie. It's called Hashtag Alive. Hashtag Alive on Netflix is great. It is. It's not, it's not too bad. It's got a couple of pretty interesting little twists and stuff, but nothing too crazy. Um, the next one that I had lined up that I wanted to watch is called A Taxi Driver with, uh, what's his name, uh, Kang Ho Sun Song. And he's, I think, normally a director and... Uh, it looked kind of interesting. So, but yeah, wanted to keep dropping down that, uh, that path, going with that. As far as like shows, I rewatched Rick and Morty season four in preparation because season five is coming out, uh, later on. So just wanted to kind of refresh. There's a, uh, a, a Korean movie that you should watch. It's a uh, 2010. It's called the man from nowhere. Ooh. Uh, and it is like the Korean John wick. Okay. Like, sort of a similar thing where, like, he's got a certain set of skills, but he got out of that life, and, you know, he thought he was out, and they pulled him back in, and he's got to save somebody. Uh, also, really great movie. There's another South Korean horror that you would probably enjoy. It's called The Wailing. That one was pretty good. It's it's a little it's a little long. I think it might be, like, two and a half hours, but it's good. I still need to watch Old Boy. I have not. Oh, uh, Oh, old boy is. Uh, I made the mistake of watching the original Korean old boy on a, a plane ride. Oh, no. 
and like it was one of those there was one of those times where like yeah maybe like a stray tit may pop up on your screen and like you'll you'll kind of look around like oh you know are there any kids around but <laughs> this movie i had to like slam the laptop shut <laughs> uh i was like i'll watch this later nice. did you guys ever before i got into the korean stuff did you guys ever watch black sea um it's about no. gold that was uh down um oh, it was, i think it's a it was a nazi sub that sank is that on Netflix? Joe, no. I, I, now that, now that you say... No, 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 no. Is it Korean no, or this is does a, it have um, Tobias Menzies it has, in it? To, no, it's, documentary? it's it's a like a thriller. Uh, Tobias Menzies. Yeah, Tobias Menzies plays... Wait, oh uh, wait, no, the, I have seen this. The the uh, um, prince... Oh, who's the queen's consort right now? Queen Elizabeth's consort. Prince Philip. He plays Prince Philip in The Crown. Uh, and then he also played Brutus in It has uh, Jude Law role. and Scoot McNary and uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn is, he's I, like kind of, I have seen he's this. He's kind of like the, the. Yeah, okay. Never mind. Okay. I'm thinking about it, something it's else. A, Go ahead. A good one time watch to kind of just, it's two different ethnic, ethnic, ethnicities, race, not races, uh, just two different countries coming together to get this job done. And they just don't mesh, and so the tension between the two is palpable. And yeah, it's a good movie. Good movie, Black Sea. Uh, I watched Mank. You were telling us about that. Is that still haven't yeah. seen it? Yeah, Mank, black and white movie. Uh, it's probably Gary Oldman's, I think, best performance. Mank in in his lifetime, if not in the past Whoa. five years. But he plays Herbert J. Mankiewicz, the the uh, co-writer or writer of Citizen Kane. And it's about him, like the writing of that and where he drew his inspiration for the story behind Citizen Kane. Uh, and that was that was really fucking okay. good. Hmm. Uh, and hmm. it, I've never watched Citizen Kane or I had never watched it because I I just heard it, would, you know, it had this reputation and it seemed like it would be very boring. But after watching that movie, I rewatched or I watched this and Kane and it made a lot of sense as far as where where he's coming from. You know, it's it's not just this random guy. He's talking about um, uh, William Hurst and uh, a lot of the studio and the politics uh, of that era of Hollywood is is sort of went into the story. of. I, Citizen too, have Kane. not watched it. Citizen Kane. Uh, well, watch watch Mank first. It's okay. a lot more approachable. Uh, and if it piques your interest, uh, I think Citizen Kane has been on holding pattern on HBO Max for since it. Drew, did it, you shake your head like I'm? Uh, like, how could you not? <laughs> Is Citizen Kane that good? Is it like no Citizen Kane? It's, it's, it's just it's it's before its time as far as its okay. design. Right, right, right. I mean, Citizen Kane. It's a good film. I, I know people who are like amazingly diehard fans of Citizen Kane. I more respect it from a technical standpoint because of the lighting, the sound, and especially the way that the cinematography is done. Because like Orson Welles was doing things that were super different at the time when the movie was being filmed. Like, for one shot, he, like, got down to the ground and he dug, like, a six-foot hole so he could jump down and get the right angle for the shot. And, I mean, like, he was just doing things so different. And, yeah, like, I, I'm a respected from a technical standpoint. Um, is it is it good? Yeah, it's a good movie. However, before, like, I... Luckily, I think I shared the story before. Like, I had seen it beforehand, but I took, like, a film class in college, and the professor... 
asked everybody in the class, like, who here has seen Citizen Kane? And like out of a class of 70, because it was a forum based class, like seven, maybe 10 people had raised their hand. So she then proceeds to explain the plot and like the ending to Citizen Kane, everything that's like slightly revealed in the beginning, but then understood finally by the end. She just explains it all. She's like, you're going to want to watch out for this because this means this and X, Y, and Z. And I'm just sitting there like dumbfounded, like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Spoiler alert. I don't know. It was just, it was more of a shock value that she actually like spoiled everything. And it just, I don't know. It ruined that. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Citizen Kane has been in the public domain for such a long time that. Well, well, yeah. Most of us learn, learn the basis of Citizen Kane again from the Simpsons. Yeah. The Simpsons. Uh, Rosebud and, and even, even Barney's submission to the, uh, the film. Yeah. Uh, film don't cry, cry for, me. for me. I am already, I am already dead. dead. Family guy made fun of it. Stewie drops his snow globe and says, <laughs> Fart jokes. <laughs> and just <laughs> and let it go. <sighs> All right. Well, guys, thank you for joining us here on the Real Fills podcast. We love the fact that you can be here and spend some time with us, discuss and listen to some films. If you ever want to get in contact with us, please. Feel free to look us up on Twitter at Real Feels Podcasts. You can search the web at uh, for the Real Feels Podcast. We are up on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. But you can also hit us up on the Tooch line. And we did get a new Tooch line voicemail. And it came from our very own Melissa of the Brook Reading Podcast. We like you, Melissa. Thank you very much, Melissa. We like you. Hello, gentlemen. This is Melissa of the Brook Reading Podcast. I just wanted to say, hey, I think you guys are amazing. You do an awesome job on your show. And if I could give you more than five stars, I absolutely would. And in honor of your hotline, I just wanted to say, give me your hands if we be friends, and Robin shall restore amends. I love you all. Have a great one. Bye. So, guys, if you want to... <laughs> we gathered her podcasts in the forest. <laughs> if you guys want to be as cool as Melissa and send us some feels, you guys can also call the Tooch Line and send us a voicemail at 661-376-0030. And we would love to hear from you. And more importantly, guys, if you want to uh, leave us a review up on Apple Podcasts, that helps get the real feels out there from more people searching for movie podcasts. And uh, you can spread those feels worldwide. So what's next for us? I believe I have the next movie uh, coming out. It's going to be our disability, disability. grab baggins a genre. Yes, and then Nathan is yes. after you. With is that bug? Yeah. That's insect. 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 And uh, I'll be coming around the end once again with uh, courtroom films. <laughs> Don't wait for the translation. Answer me now. Uh, it's going to be a good time, guys. And also, of course, if you want to join us up on Patreon, do so. Search for the Real Fills podcast. You can get early access to episodes, some awesome Real Fills swag, and even the chance for the right tier to choose a movie for us to review, maybe even pick a brand new genre to add to our ever growing list. So, once again, thank you for joining us, and as always, remember, you're the realist. And the feelist. Oh, goodbye. I'm gonna go do something productive and watch TV!
Hello, good morning, hi everyone. My name is Nicholas Haskins and I host a weekly podcast called Nikolai's Kitchen, which is all about my personal journey inside the kitchen and out. Each week I explore my passion for food and share some positivity, and I break down a featured recipe for you to make at home. It's a show all about the ups and downs of cooking, baking, and living. I'm not a chef, I'm just a guy who loves cooking from scratch and trying to make a difference in the world. Tune in every Monday for a brand new episode on a podcatcher near you. Just remember, never stop believing in yourself. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me.